Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, so I have with me China Morgan. China, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. It's really cool because a lot of people, they wake up on Monday and they're like, I got to go to work and I got to do all this stuff. But I woke up this morning, I'm like, I get to do this. Like, I get to talk to cool people like you, hear your story, share your story, and learn from you. So I'm like... Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to be able to wake up and um, and talk to folks like you. You know, that's so cool because I think, like you said, a lot of times we hear people dreading the week, the work week, right? And for you to have such a positivity on this Monday, it's, it's giving me the vibes that I need today. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited to, to learn from you. I, I think your story is super cool for a number of reasons. And we'll, we'll get into all those reasons in a second. But before we get into any of that stuff, China. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I think that's gonna go in the archives as one of the, the more original oh yes that we've had over the years. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so you you have a lot of cool things going on. This whole world of being a founder in the SaaS or software as a service space. That's all new to me. I'm just kind of investigating or getting into that world. But you're there and you're doing really, really cool, big things. And, and you do this thing, this UG user generated content stuff. Talk yes. a little bit about how you got into being a founder, uh, not just a founder, but a SaaS founder. Okay. How'd that happen? Sorry, I, I guess I, I won't take you all the way back, but I t I'll take you back <laughs> a little bit. So... Um, I had a company called Jif Out Loud. And what we did is we worked with brands and it was a music kiosk. We developed kiosks that allows your fans to create video content around your music, right? So we were growing that, we were growing that, and then the pandemic happened. All events and activations were done, right? And we're all about kiosks, right? So you got to touch the kiosk. It has to be live. So that kind of, once the pandemic happened, we're like, what should we do so that we can still serve our clients digitally are on site. So that's kind of when we introduced the SaaS, which is just a software as a service, right? We're allowing our audience to create campaigns themselves without us doing any of the work. So they can just go create a campaign super fast and they're able to create a UGC campaign, video campaign within minutes that allows their audience to create cool content around their brand to amplify them or really for the brands to get to know their audience better. So that's, I guess the pandemic kind of 
pushed me into the the SaaS way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pandemic pushed a lot of us into a lot of, of directions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good though, right? It's a redirection for something better. So yeah. So tell me more about um. You say uh, is it GIF out loud or GIF out loud? I say GIF out loud, but give us the same thing. GIF out loud, GIF out loud. It's the same. Okay. What's that all about? So that was just the original company that then pivoted? Yeah. Yeah. So it was the original company. So we started off as, you know, people don't really talk on the phone anymore. All they do is text. But we're losing that tone of like what you're really trying to say in the conversation, right? It can be so misconstrued when you're texting. So I was like, what if we're able to add our voice, our, our music to GIF to communicate without talking on the phone? So we started off as an app and you're able to like text your family and friends, like cool little memes with using your voice and using GIFs. And then that transition into like a music kiosk where your fans now can do it a part of your brand. And then the pandemic happened and now we are at Vitlo. <laughs> Got it. So, but you didn't just start there, right? I mean, you had to have gone to school and done some other things. You didn't just wake up one day and start a company. I mean, you can, but did I? Did I? No. So <laughs> um, I was actually getting my master's. So I got my bachelor's in healthcare management and I was actually getting my master's in healthcare management when I had the idea of my first company, Jafar Loud. So I was three classes away from finishing my master's when I pivoted and went directly into tech. So I didn't have any experience, didn't know anyone in tech, but I guess that's a testament of like, when you really believe something, you can make it happen. And, you know, there's really nothing that anyone can say to deter you from starting your own company, you know? Well, I have to ask this next question. How did that go when, because you said three classes, this is senior year, you're almost done. Um, is that a convo with the parents and like, hey, uh, by the way, going to do this thing. I mean, how'd that go? Well, it was my master's, right? It's not like I was getting my bachelor's and I needed a degree. They were super supportive, actually. They loved the idea. And I guess... A little bit of background is that I also come from the entertainment industry. So I've been like acting and modeling since I was like seven years old, right? So when I came up with my first idea, it was kind of in that entertainment space of like, you know, how can we make your audience storytellers? Or how, you're really like when you're creating like music with GIFs, it's like creating your own story, like in the acting kind of way. So I think they saw the vision and they were game. They were so, they have supported me this whole time, which I'm super appreciative of, you know? So you're from the creative space and acting in that sort of world. What made you go to, to college in the first place? Was that just something that you wanted to do for your own development or what, what was the, the thought process? Yeah, you know, I think being in the entertainment industry is not like a for sure thing that you are going to be successful at any moment. You know, it's kind of like it's in especially back then. Now you kind of have more tools to kind of make your own way. But back then it was just kind of like you have to be made. It, it it wasn't really on you to like, if you're going to be successful or not. So I knew that I had to have a, a real corporate job in order, you know, just for my peace of mind um, and, but still do my acting and my creativity on the side. I think the inter entertainment industry is so, you know, it's a little, I don't want to say flaky, but to have a peace of mind, you need a job. <laughs> and I knew I had to have an education if I needed to do anything, you know? Yeah. Talk about how brands can leverage user-generated content, right? Con conceptually, right? When um, I I'm this many years old, when I remember when Facebook was sort of kind of, you know, big or, or growing. And I remember thinking to myself, why in the world would people give this platform all of their content 
all of their stuff and basically get nothing in return. But that's, in my mind, that's sort of the origins, right, of users giving the content to these platforms. So talk a little bit about UGC and how you guys have leveraged that methodology to build this platform. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off by what is UGC, and then I'll tell you exactly what we do and how we leverage it. So UGC, user-generated content, is pretty much content, photos, videos, reviews that your loyal customers provide for you, right? And it's content that you can also amplify on your own channels, right? On your own social media, on your own website. So it's pretty much giving proof of my customers love what what we're doing, proof of realness, right? There's real people talking about my brand. Because a lot of times brands rely on like their own advertising or their own photos, but that's not as real. That's not as convincing as if I see me and you on a page, I'm like, oh, okay, there's real people that are really vouching for this product or this brand. And pretty much what we're doing is taking a behavior that people already do daily, right? People already love taking pictures. They love taking videos. So why not make sure a brand is kind of in that experience where If you really love a brand, you're able to create cool content around that brand to vouch like, this is my favorite brand. I love what they're doing. Or I love the experience that they are providing me, you know? So I think that a lot of times what brands do is they'll create an experience, whether it's like a photo booth inside their store or a campaign to drive more impact to their brand. But what the audience is getting in return is they can give be in a giveaway. They can get like a promo code of like, you know, you post this on Instagram, you get 10% off your next product. And to be honest with you, bigger than that, they're a part of the brand story now, right? Now I'm seeing myself on your page. I feel like I'm a part of a story, which I think is a bigger impact than anything I said before, you know? So if I'm a brand, let's just use Podcast Town, for example, since that's one of the brands that I happen to be a part of. How would we use Vidlo to amplify our brand. Give me some things that I can do after we get off of this podcast I could do tomorrow and start using this platform. Yeah. So I have a couple ideas for your podcast. A simple idea is getting people excited about an episode, right? So you can create a campaign like show us how excited you are for China's new episode to come out this week, right? They can create content of like showing how excited they are with your music or with your soundbite on it to share on TikTok or Instagram, right? So it's like Giving them an experience, number one, it's all an experience, right? But an experience that's also branded with you so that they can both benefit from it. The audience is going to benefit from it because they think the content is so cool. They want to share. And then you benefit from it because your brand is being amplified all around social media or to their family and friends. That's one way. Another way is I think it's super cool, especially in the podcast space and the comedy space, is to like use your own sound bites, right? Is there like a sound bite, like even like your, oh, yeah, right? How can we take that and amplify that so then your audience can share, oh, yeah, all around their LinkedIn or social media? So it's creating um, opportunities in the podcast space where they can either amplify the soundbite or amplify how they feel about your podcast. But creating in a way that it's a campaign, right? So you're inviting them to, to be a part of the experience to amplify your brand. Yeah, I can see that how expert marketing can be impactful, Uh, especially in our space. We tend to deal with a lot of B2B companies and B2B companies. Hear me when I say I I don't mean this, but it tends to be a little boring and a little stale in terms of the the marketing. So I see this as a, a really cool way to do something different. 
Yeah, but it's good that you said that because, like, it doesn't have to be. Because, you know, I, I think that, like, when we think of B2B, like you said, we think of, like, very stern and very businessy. But, like, there are people like me and you. They like to have fun. They want to have some exciting type of experiences as well. So I think we have to remember that when, like, you're not just marketing to B2C. B2B is also the same way as marketing to B2C. They're a consumer that you're trying to capture, you know? So I think, like, creating these type of experiences for that space makes it even more exciting because no one's really doing it. Now, how do I activate that? So that conceptually makes sense to me as a, you know, a business owner, founder. Okay. I need to bring my people into the experience and we're going to run an oh yeah contest for the the best (laughs) oh yeah. And so how do I practically make that happen? Like tomorrow, what do I need to do? So we have the best solution for you, actually. So (laughs) Bitlo allows you to create campaigns within minutes. So you literally go to our platform and you create your campaign. You create your landing page, right? Your landing page is letting your audience know what to do. I need you to say, oh, yeah, in a super exciting way, whatever you want in the action, right? And then you're going to choose a filter, right? How, how do you want the videos to look once they're done recording their videos? And there's the music section or the soundbite section. Upload your music or upload a soundbite. You want them to create content around. And then you generate your campaign. Once you generate your campaign, it's going to have a URL link or a QR code. And then you just invite your audience using that URL link or QR code. They tap it, they scan it, and then boom, that is your campaign that they're going to be interacting with. So the first, when they scan it or tap on your URL, the first page they're going to see is your landing page, which is going to say, do your best, oh yeah, impression. And then they start recording. And then now after the record, you have all that content coming into your dashboard on Bitlow. So you can repurpose the content as well. So as the uh, person who's running the campaign, I can um, pick which pieces I want to promote. Can the user also promote it or does that happen through me? No, no. So the user has full access to their video. So once they create the video on their end, they can either download it to their device or they can share it directly to TikTok. They can also share it to Instagram or Facebook, but they just have to download it first and then share it to those platforms. And I think that's what makes it powerful is that we're putting it in the hands of your loyal customers, your loyal consumers, so they can amplify your brand for you. So you don't really have to do that much, right? Because they're going to like the video. They think it's going to be fun with all these cool filters. They're going to want to share it, you know? So you guys are allowing them to share it and to be a part of their world. So what are some of the things that as folks are running campaigns, what are some best practices? Some best practices is number one, be super clear on what you want them to do in their video. People don't want to think, right? And I think when brands are not specific with action, people don't really know what to do. They don't want to look weird. They don't want to look awkward. So it's like, you're not going to get as many videos as if you say, hey, smells so bright. Like you just got a million dollars. Like I'm giving them specific actions of like, what to do in their videos, you know? I would say that's one of the main points that I've seen in the platform is like giving specific directions in the videos that your audience creates. Now, is there a platform that you're seeing works best for these? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? It depends on the audience. Every brand is different, right? Some brands are geared towards Generation Z. Some are with millennials. And I think that depends on who you're targeting. If we're going for like the younger audience, TikTok is where they're at, right? So you're going to say, hey, share this at TikTok and get 10% off of your next offering. But if you're like gearing towards the millennials, right, then it's going to be Instagram because that's pretty much where we are. I mean, we're on TikTok too, but that's kind of like our our place. 
And then if you want to go to the older um, generation, they're on Facebook, right? That's where they lie. So I think it just depends on who your target audience is, who is the market that you're trying to help amplify your brand. I got it. So I know you, you hit on this a little bit on maybe some things not to do. What are some things that you would say absolutely don't do these things if you want to have an effective campaign? I'm all about the visuals, right? You have to create a campaign that's visually appealing. That's the first thing someone's going to see when they scan it. If they don't think that your branding is it sloppy, it's blurry, they're not even going to go to the next step. You have to have that good first impression. So I would say like, make sure your design of your landing page, of your logo is all very clear and very nice. Um, what else should they not do? You should not just let the campaign sit in the platform. You have to share it, right? If you don't share the campaign, no one's going to create content around it. So I would say, make sure your design is super clear and then share the campaign. Don't be scared to send it out to your audience and create experiences around it. I don't know if I answered the question. No, no, that's good, good stuff. <laughs> I can't think of what to don't do. <laughs> what about metrics and measurements? Does all that happen on the respective platforms or is there a dashboard within, within Vitlo that kind of tells you, all right, this campaign is working or this campaign is tanking? Yeah, so it, it shows in the Vitlo in the platform. So we have analytics, right? So like how many videos were, were created per campaign? How many emails were you capturing per campaign? Because the cool thing in the platform is that we really want brands to be able to get to know their audience better. So you can ask your audience questions, right? About your product, about your services, or just about their day. Um, so it's kind of like, how, how much leads are they getting from their campaign? How many times has it been shared on social media? How many times was it shared on TikTok, right? So you could kind of get those numbers to see exactly what's happening with your campaign, you know? Got it. My curiosity is running wild here. So you have to forgive <laughs> my very specific question. So no can I tell that by user, like China has shared this or China's video has gotten this many likes and et cetera? So right now you can't tell by each user, you just tell in a whole. Like say if you got like a hundred videos coming in, from that hundred, you can tell how many out of the hundred has been shared on TikTok, how many of the hundred created like a CRM. So gave you more data that you needed. But that's a cool feature though, to do it specifically per user. But that could, that's only possible if they can put more information in. So we, then we'll have their name on there. So they would have to like create like a CRM experience in the platform, like ask them questions, get their name, right? Like where are you located? What's your favorite artist or whatever? Or what's your favorite podcast? Um, and then we'll be able to dig into that deeper and get more information about their videos. Got it. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to stop asking you those questions. So let's take a left <laughs> turn here. I'm curious to know. So you get this idea of this thing that you know is going to work. How do you build it like that? I, I know it seems normal to you just because awesome people tend to think that the, their awesomeness is just normal. Like everybody could just do it, but they do it. Yeah. So what, what was that process? Like you got the idea, you, you said, okay, I think this is going to work. Did you go out and design it yourself? Did you find partners? Did you get funding? Tell me about that. Yeah. So with my first company, what I did, it was me and Yahoo and Google were the besties, right? And I found a developer. I hired a designer and they made my first prototype, right? But I've grown that company. And then when I transitioned to Bitlo, I had the experience and the knowledge of like how to build an actual company now, right? So what I did, number one, is before I even built the platform, I went around to my audience, to my friends on LinkedIn, to my target audience. And I just gave them an idea of like, what do you think about 
being able to create video campaigns within minutes. Like, is that something that you need? Right. Because I think a lot of times people, they have these ideas, like you said, they think they're awesome. It's going to work right away. Right. But they're not doing any type of research to really understand their target audience. They're not doing any market research to really understand, is this business sustainable? Am I really going to make money off of this business? Or am I just being cocky and like thinking that this is awesome because I thought of it, you know? So I think that's where a lot of problems lie when people create businesses. It's like they're doing it for themselves and there's really not a problem to solve in the market. So I wanted to make sure there was a problem to solve with Vitlo. So I did a lot of market research. And then once I got enough of my friends that were in the marketing space in the experiential marketing space and the ad tech space, and they're like, oh, this is cool. Like I need it right away. And I was like, okay, I have something on my hands. So once I realized that, then I hired my designer to create our UI of the platform. And then once that was done, my developer got in and started developing the platform. So you'll appreciate this next question. How important is UI in what you do? Oh my gosh. UI, I think UI is one of the most important parts. And it's it's kind of more important than the development in a sense, not really, but just kind of like, it's the first impression of what people see, right? So when you want to get people right away, they're going to look at the design of your platform, right? Like, okay, this looks sophisticated. This is kind of sloppy. Whatever they think about it right there, you either got them or you lost them, you know? So I think it's the first impression that counts. That's why UI is so important, but we can't forget about UX because that is how people interact with your platform, right? Like kind of like the steps on how they're, going through their journey of it. So I think UI and UX is super important in terms of any type of technology company. It's what is your branding like? How does this make me feel when I come to your website? You know. So what's been your favorite campaign so far? We did a really cool music summit and award show, which is really cool because what they did was they featured a couple of artists and they had their own QR code throughout the, the music summit. So like their fans were able to like scan their own QR code and then create content around like their new song that was coming out. So I thought it was super creative because you're really creating an experience that allows artists to really engage with their fans directly by allowing them to create content around like their favorite song from your album. So I, th- I think that was one of my, one of the coolest ones that I enjoyed doing. I like how you kind of answered the question, but you didn't. It's like when people ask me, who was your favorite guest that you've had on your podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not answering that question because all of you guys are my favorite, right? (laughs) Yeah, like we work with a lot of cool brands and everyone's just different. But I guess I'm just also a music lover. So anything to do with music and like engagement is just really cool, cool to me. Okay. So um, music lover, who is your favorite artist out now? Okay. Listen, that's a hard one, but I'm like old, like Neil Solish still there. So like D'Angelo, I love D'Angelo and like Jill Scott and Erica Badu. That's like my pocket of like artists. Um, but new artists wise, I like Jacob Collier. I like, like I'm probably saying their names wrong. Lianne LaHavis um, is a really cool artist. Um, yeah. There's so many I can't even remember <laughs> how they are. But I'm definitely like in my Neo Soul bag. That's like my prime is music right there. Okay, okay, cool, cool. What about you? What about you? What's your favorite um artist? That that's a really good question. But my favorite is Alicia Keys. Just because I have a little bit of that singer songwriter background in my very, 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 very distant past. Um <laughs> and I and I like her. Bring it back. I think the thing about her that I love is I'm really big on embracing who you are 
and embracing your uniqueness. And I think she does such a good job of embracing her voice. Like she's not going to do all the the beautiful runs. And I mean, she can, but she's just straightforward, powerful from the soul type of singer. And she really embraces it. And I love that about her. I love her songwriting, right? The storytelling, the really simple, but impactful connection. So yeah, I would say Alicia Keys is my favorite. I have others like, you know, John Legend. That's my guy. Um, okay. Uh, Usher. Um, oh, I, I love Usher. Usher's yeah. yeah. My and I can't forget about Beyonce. I, I just love Beyonce as a, I think she's overall just a performer of our time. I think she's one of the best um, performer wise and vocally. I think a lot of people don't realize like she is a beast vocally. Like we don't want to give her that credit, but like she's a beast vocally. So I yeah. think Beyonce is definitely my bag as yeah. well. I think the thing about her is she's so skilled and it's intricate. That if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And you think it's like she's overrated, right? Because I think like she's just too big, but like she's doing everything to perfection in a sense. Like you said, it's like intricate to the point like it goes over our heads, you know, but yeah. Like we can't even understand it. I think she's one of those things where you could teach a class on just the dynamics of the things that, that she's doing. And then and only then will people be like, oh. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, she did that. Oh, she had a. Oh, I guess she's okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they need a Beyonce class. They got to teach a class about (laughs) the upcomings of Beyonce. (laughs) Yes. So, speaking of favorite singers, work ethic, and all that stuff, where do you get your work ethic from? Right, because. Starting a company, number one, it's easier in some sense because we have so many tools and there's so many trainings and there's programs and all that stuff. But the hard part is growing a company and really staying in business. What do you attribute that work ethic and that knowledge? How'd you get that? Yes, I think I've always been that way since a little girl. Like I've always been kind of like a perfectionist and like really serious about like even my schoolwork. I'm like third, fourth grade. Like I've always had a really good work ethic since I was younger. And I think also being in the entertainment space allows you to have that resilience, right? Of like, as being a business, a founder, you have to have resilience because not every day is going to be how you want it. It's going to be some days where you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But like the key is like not giving up, right? And always knowing that like the goal ahead, if you don't give up, you're always going to attain that, you know? So I think keeping that in mind. And I think really just having passion about what I'm building. When you have passion about it and you really see how it can benefit and how it could change other people's lives or make their lives easier, that also allows you to keep on going as well. So I don't know. I think just from being young, I've always just kind of had this kind of resilience in me. And like, I never give up. If I believe something that I'm going to keep on doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So other than resilience, what's the biggest uh, business lesson you've learned so far? You know, in business, it's all about uh, it's connections. I'll take that back. That as well. But I think number one is you can't do it by yourself. You need to have people on board that can help you. Because I think when I first started, I didn't know anyone tech, right? I was doing it by myself and it was stressful, right? And I didn't have anyone that I could not say rely on, but like give tasks to, to help, you know, alleviate the load on me. So I think like understanding that you can ask for help, you need help. And there's people out there that know more than you that can help your company as well. I think is key is one thing that is a lesson that I have learned is just you need a team around you to help push 
whatever you're trying to build, you know? Mm-hmm. And then also connections. You need people. This industry is all about connections and building authentic connections, not just for what you can get out of the connection, but how also how can you elevate your connections? How can you send them opportunities as well? And it just goes in, in a circle, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you most excited about in the next six months? I'm excited about building out Bitlow. We're still in the beginning phases. We just launched last month. It was the last month that we launched. So we're still getting together our metrics on what we need to do and just kind of what other brands we can work with as the six months come. So in six months, hopefully we'll talk again and I'll have some really cool stories for you <laughs> about <laughs> what we're building on our side. That's awesome. So if people want to uh, reach out to you, learn more about Vidlow and the awesome work you're doing in the founder space, how can they do that? So you guys definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with new people because I'm a lover of like other founders that are doing their things that are just took an idea and went for it and are killing it. So if you're another founder or just another person that wants to know more about UGC or about what we're building at Vidlow, contact me on LinkedIn. I, I accept all requests. And then also we're on Instagram as well, on Vitlo. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, China. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.